What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 78 of the Antler Up podcast. And on today's episode, Dimitri and I sit down, have a conversation with our friend and healthcare provider, Preston Ward at Mountain Physio. This episode's a little bit different in the aspect that Preston and Dimitri dive into different healthcare topics. Preston talks about his practice in Utah, some ideas he has to expand on that further for hunters and archers alike. Preston shares what he is planning for the Colorado and Utah Total Archie Challenges from shooting and having a booth at the events. Also talk about his upcoming one-of-a-kind buffalo hunt, mule deer hunts, and elk hunts. So sit back and enjoy this fun episode. Till next time, Antler Up. Also want to share some discount codes with you to save some money before the hunting season. First one's going to be at the Elk Collective, the virtual elk hunting resource. Use code podcast and save $30 today. And then use code antlerup to save 25% off of your Spartan Forge membership. Get those ready before hunting season. Dive into that stuff. Also want to thank our partners over at Shea Butler Knives. And Shea makes custom everyday carry knives with a Rhino Pursuit. His Ranger and Whitetail knives are amazing for anything, but especially out in the field. Man, they are unbelievable. Shea's creativity, high-quality materials, functionality, but unique designs coupled with his precise leather work make products that will last a lifetime. We love them. Some of our listeners love them as well that have them. So check them out over at SheaButlerKnives.com. Also right now, First Light released a new Spectre pattern. Check it out. It is amazing. Loving the Solitude Vest. Loving the new Catalyst system. Awesome, awesome quality. Love the new pattern. And check it out because a lot of it goes to conservation over at the National Deer Association. So check it out, what they have going on over at firstlight.com. Also, Tethered, uh, coming up. We have a teach and train tour here in Clearfield, August 10th. And there's also another one up in New York with our buddies. Uh, we'll partner outdoors out to check that, but it's in August. So excited for them. We're going to do a podcast here soon. So check out tethernation.com. Awesome products. Some cool things going to be coming away uh, that way as well here soon. Last but not least, want to just thank our partners over at America's Best Bowstrings. The season is fast approaching. 3D season's kind of winding down or in the middle of that, depending on what you're uh, what you're doing right now. But now's the time to put that order in. I have a new set coming for the Prime. Uh, I'm excited for, the, for that colorway. And we uh, only trust the Platinum Series strings. We love them all. They're all great no matter which one you get. But the uh, quality performance is unmatched. Hand-built in the USA since 2006. So... Awesome stuff. Go get your custom set today. America's best bowstrings.com. So what's going on? What What's happening, Preston? Man, uh, is this audio sound okay, by the way? Yeah, yeah. You sound good. What's happened? Gosh, I don't know. Just staying busy, getting, getting ready for the hunts and staying super busy. Um, gosh, working with patients and everything like that. And yeah, How was- new, wife got a new bow yesterday so we've been shooting we shot for like three hours today so i'm pretty stoked it's the new matthews prima it's a sweet shooting bow. nice big big matthews guy yeah. in hoyt country <laughs> i know right I know. <laughs> I know a lot of the hoyt guys and I, I love my hoyt bow and everything like that but matthews they've just treated me well no, so that, they're good, that's good, good. now you treated evan williams right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. evan's 
Yeah, he's uh, I, I follow him, and you know, obviously, big fitness guy. Or you know, between Dimitri and I, and uh, I follow him and what he does. He's actually um, he does that hunt elite with uh, uh, this kid Zach that is from Pennsylvania too. And uh, I've started to get to know him through Instagram and just messaging. So we he, we're going to try to get together before our seasons even kick off. Actually, before he kicks off his season because he's going out to Colorado. Zach goes out every year, especially with Evan, I think. And uh, last year, I think uh, Zach had a beautiful bull. He actually reposted it today on his Instagram. Just, just a hammer. Just awesome. Just uh, some good stuff. So no, that, that's neat that uh, you get to deal with Evan and obviously working for Hoyt. So that's why <laughs> I was, uh, you know, saying that you're a, uh, you're a different breed over there in, in Hoyt country. I know it's true. I, I like Evan. He's a good guy. And yeah, just, yeah, I, I have no, I have no beef with any, any bow oh, company yeah. that anyone shoot a bow that just shoots well for you. And like I say, I love my boy bow, but Matthews, they treated me well. And yeah. what I, with what I've been able to do, which has been pretty nice, Matthews has been really supportive of like me helping out these disabled archers and this disabled hunters and getting them hooked up with bows and stuff like that. And that's one of my goals is to, you know, these people, these disabled hunters who want to hunt that want to be out there active, they've been really willing to be like, whatever you need, Preston, we'll hook you up. We'll let you know. So that's phenomenal. And that's what it's about, man. I like the other day when I reposted that, I mean, that was just such a cool thing that you're able to do. And I mean, that's, I mean, I wish I had the pool to, to be able to do that and do that more. Or, I mean, heck, I'm even just trying to, I'm following in almost like, I guess, your uh, footsteps with getting my daughter her bow. And I know yeah. last time we talked, I said, you know, this summer and it, she has it and she's been, sh- yeah, she's been shooting it. And uh, yesterday for the 4th of July, my my uh, family were at my, my wife's family's house area and we got my Glendale buck out and she shot and actually was like a perfect heart shot. So there's like that little spot of the foam that was, you know, it's been, been knocked out. So it's an easier, uh, for the arrow, the stick. And she stuck it like money, heart shot. And I was just like, I was going nuts. I'm like, thinking she won like you know won the super bowl or something and i'm like look at that she's like she had no idea you know that it's a heart shot but i'm like that's the bullseye for the heart like good job yeah. and uh yeah. she got her picture taken with it so she was all all pumped yeah it's so fun they get um the little ones involved and stuff i know that bow that same bow i think we have the same bow for yeah. our daughters yeah it's such a shooting bow for little kids and it's funny we went there's a 3d shoot up here by us and we went and did that. It's every weekend you can go do that. And she's shooting pretty good. And then all of a sudden she shoots one just like right in between the antlers. I'm like, what were you aiming at? She's like, well, I was aiming at its face. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we have a buddy, Ian, he, his little boy, he does that. And, uh, I don't know if he ain't, well, he'll, he'll tell his dad to aim at that. Hey yeah. dad, shoot his nose. You know, he'll, he'll yeah. say stuff like that. You know, you just got to make it fun uh, for them. But dude, man, what, I want to, before you dive into, I know you have, you know, specific topics too, that I, which I love that you want to cover makes it exciting for us. But, uh, what is going on with team USA? Like what's your role with that? I, I, you know, a couple over what, over the, the winter months and you were doing all that type of stuff. So what, what was that all about, man? And, and how was that experience? Cause that's, that's really neat. Yeah. And I think that's new since we've talked yeah. um, or maybe it was kind of in the making, but anyways, yeah. So that was really cool with team USA. Um, they, one of my patients reached out to me and then also team USA and stuff like that. And 
um, multiple, I guess a couple patients said, Preston, you should apply for this position of being the physical therapist working with Team USA. And so I was actually hunting. I was actually up on the Wasatch Frontier, late season hunting. And I'm like on my phone, filling out the application, hitting <laughs> submit stuff. I'm like, I don't know how time sensitive this is, but anyways, I, I did that. And so I was able to go travel with the para-archery team to Mexico to an international event to the Pan American Games. And then with the able-bodied team, I was able to travel to Guatemala for one of the, I think the first world cup. And wow. so it was cool. Like I'll tell you the breed of art, like that type, that sort of breed I'll say of like competitive archers is just different than um, hunters. And so it's really fun to kind of see that, but these guys like this, like the compound archers, they know their gear, like, back and forth like the, you know like the back of thy hand really like they just know it so well and they can tinker and they can move one little tiny micro adjust and then they're like okay now i feel better and they're like hitting they're hitting bullet you know they're shooting like tiny 10 like dime size groups at what 50 yard 50 meters there and it's just pretty cool so that was a, that was a great experience and um yeah really opened my eyes up to target archery worth both recurve and compound and then working with the parasite and those guys going to the Olympics, like a couple of my now, you know, patients are going to the Olympics, which is really cool um, to see kind of, yeah, you kind of, you kind of think that you kind of like cheer them on or like, maybe I did a little bit to help them out. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not, but anyways, it's still fun though. That's awesome. Now are you headed to Tokyo yourself? I probably won't be. Um, I know that they're really like cracking down on who can go and like, spectators and stuff like that. I saw a picture of the venue and it was like two lanes and, you know, one set of bleachers or something like that. And so it's just, it's just so, I think with COVID-19 this year and everything, like it's just really cracked down, but I'm hoping fingers crossed um, talking to some of the athletes, Paige and Linda and some of those guys, Brady, I'm like, Let's, let's go for Paris. Let's do Paris. So yeah. I'm hoping so. Yeah, that'd be fun, man. Now Paris, with, and hopefully I can, my wife would probably want to go on that one. So yeah. <laughs> now with your experience with Team USA, especially being a physical therapist, you know, a lot of times in the clinic, you're talking in short-term and long-term goals and kind of getting your patients, you know, build up to that moment of rehab and, and getting to that end game. Now with something with, Team USA, you're kind of there in the moment and you got a, you know, a little bit more faster paced treatment and, you know, cause it's not, you don't have that time, right. To, for them to recover and get back out there, especially when they're shooting day to day, you know, how yeah. was that experience kind of the different change in mindset from your clinical clinical practice, um, when you were there? Yeah, that's a great question, Dimitri, because I, like my backgrounds in orthopedics and everything like that. And I have an affiliation with the university of Utah where I help teach and mentor the um, sports residents. So the physical therapy residents in the sports um, residency. And so a lot of on-field training and everything like that. And so it, it carried over pretty well, I think, but definitely different in the fact that, you know, you're kind of gearing up for, so you're there with them for about seven days and they're like, you know, today we're going to go practice. Okay. So maybe we can do some soft tissue. And then the next day, and a lot of these archers, they know what they want. You know, a lot of these high level competitive athletes, they're like, you know, this is what, this is what I respond well to. And that's exactly what I, you know, like, I'm like, I don't want to push anything on you, 
but let's try some of these different techniques. We can try some dry needling. We can try some cupping. So it's kind of funny because like I've got pictures of me like in my hotel room with my table out and a couple <laughs> archers there sitting there just waiting for some dry needling. And it's just like such a different model than being in the clinic. But um, so yeah, anyways, that worked out really well of like just doing soft tissue. And I'm a, a huge proponent of manual therapy and I think it really works. Um, but then at the same time, like educating these archers who literally for a living, they just travel. I, I kind of, I grew up with horses and mules and we do a lot of riding. So kind of the rodeo circuit where people just travel from event to event, event to event. A lot of these archers, they do the same thing. They're just traveling from, you know, tournament to tournament. And then they get on the USA team and they maybe do some of these world cups and everything. And they're just trying to, you know, basically earn a living that way. And so they're gone all the time. Like they don't have time to do a lot of that stuff. And so education and the fact of there's a lot that you can do with some exercise bands, resistance bands, you know, you're some of them were gone, like, especially during the busy season, they get home, maybe be home for two days. And then they're traveling again to like Reading, we'll say, and right. then they're home and they travel to, you know, I think Arizona cup Reading and all those things are right around that same time. And so, that was really fun of like educating them and be like, can you, can you can do some of these exercises? They're like, Oh gosh, I can do a lot of this stuff. So anyways. Well, that's what I even think, you know, with some of these archers, you watch these competitive shooters and you know, they're shooting shot after shot and shot. So an injury or something nagging that, that competitor, you could really change their groove and, and really how they're performing out there. Cause you see, they have to do the same thing every time. And if you've ever watched, a competitive archery whether it was you know lancaster or you know the olympics i mean these guys are you know it's just not one shot or one race you know they're shot after shot after shot and then different competitors that they're going against and for something just to kind of change their rhythm could be a huge impact in their performance yeah absolutely and that's where i would notice a lot of like they'd come to me and they're like, Preston, I've got a bunch of like tension or knots in my back. Like a lot of it was working on their back. Um, and so they're strong through the shot. Like they can draw and they can, you know, draw. Cause a lot of them, they're strong. I mean, they're shooting 250 arrows a day and they're, you know, they're not pleased with the group at 50 meters when they're shooting a three inch group at 50 meters, they've right. got to have arrows touching at 50 meters and it's like for me i'm like gosh i'm pretty happy with that group but <laughs> they're not and so they just shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot so they're strong but it's a lot and that's what i think i mean you both understand that and that's why i kind of wanted to do this podcast is that like it just takes a toll on your body for sure and so really putting in the time for that rehab and like doing some soft tissue work or like i said a lot of it was on their back um, and just odds and ends like calves even, and like working on their gastroc soleus complex and working on just everything, glutes and neck. And it was pretty fun, but yeah. Nice. Well, you know, you brought you think about professional athletes, especially, you know, football, basketball, like your big major sports and how much they are always on the go and how much they're traveling and what their schedules are like, but it's more fine tuned to them to be ready for game day. Right. Mm -hmm. Like when you think, cause even John Dudley posted today on his Instagram of, Hey, just here's a shot execution thing that I used to have to do. Just, I don't know if you saw it, but like he talked yeah. about when he was doing competitive shooting, he said, I would, 
I would get ready to leave on Thursday and go shoot for the weekend. And then I worked 40 hours and then it was like this routine cycle. He goes, I, the only time I practiced shooting was officially practice shooting at the tournament. He said, yeah. so like he would be, you know, whatever tool he was using, it was, you know, you know, draw back anchor, draw back anchor. And it was, you know, the, the part of it was the anchor point and getting to that to be consistent. But like you said, those individuals, they're usually having another job and it's not necessarily unless you're the top echelon individuals i think that you're able to do this for a living right yeah no yeah you're absolutely right and that's i mean and that's kind of like literally like three two three years ago i think i'm going on three years now of my business and that's really what like got me thinking about this is i'm like gosh you know a basketball play a basketball team i think i think it might have even been and I'm sure there's other art or sure there are other athletes, but Kobe Bryant, I think he might've had his own physical therapist that traveled with him all the time. And so there's these team physical therapists and I'm like, why isn't there like a team physical therapist for archery in the archery community or even in the hunting community? And that's kind of where I started is I'm like, there's gotta be a team physical therapist for these hunters. And so like, I've been able to work with a lot of the guys that are around here in Utah, um, the hush guys get yeah. like the get guys and i'm like you guys need a team physical therapist they're like yeah absolutely like why not we hunt all the time like yeah. we're hard on our bodies and and it's true and that's exactly the same thing with like these competitive archers too. right well preston you could even elaborate that because when you think about it those guys like just because we see that we see what they put out there especially with their videos and their content mm -hmm. and you know mountain ops and what they do and i know you know they're all kind of within the same family basically how much they work out and put forth to be ready for hunting season. So like you said, not only do they have to be prepared to go on those long journey of hunts, but so they're preparing themselves by working out and doing shooting their bow and all that stuff. You've recently, uh, did, were you at that little mountain ops seminar thing that was recently? What was that? Cause I actually didn't see most of all that until you started sh uh, posting about that. Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up because, um, yeah, you know, talking to them, like Shaper Summers and everything, a friend of mine who kind of was over that, um, he and another guy, but anyways, they were talking about how they needed to market it a little bit better. And I think they, they could do much better, but it was a great event. They invited me to come out to give basically an educational review and seminar on, on the archery range for injury prevention. And so um, I've already talked to them. I'm like, we're getting ready. We're going to do some fun stuff next year for that. But it was a great event. And that's, yeah, same thing. Like I was talking to while we were there. So I walked a bunch of people through like some injury prevention, different stretches, and just the commonality of shoulder injuries and how it happens, um, especially shooting your bow and then hunting specific of like, these are the different areas that get injured. You got to focus on this. And put some time into it. And then I was talking to Randy Newberg there and he was, um, I called him total. I kind of told him a little bit about what I do. And it, we had a fun conversation because he drew his Buffalo tag a couple of years ago. And everyone's probably seen that YouTube video. If not, it's a good one, but, um, he shoots his Buffalo down in the Henry mountains. I drew my Buffalo tag this year. So we kind of had that commonality as we were talking. And then I just told him like, I'm a physical therapist. He's like, Oh my gosh, you know, that's exactly what keeps me going is people like you that kind of can put me back together because I'm gone <laughs> all the time. So that's cool. Yeah. That's what now you, you spoke about injury prevention and this is, I'm glad that you kind of came on because it was a couple weeks ago and, and 
you always see things on social media and especially from, you know, pretty big influencers. And, you know, I'm not going to mention any names cause I'm, you know, we're not here to call people out or, you know, everyone right. has different views and opinions. And, you know, I'm curious to see what your take is on this. Um, cause I definitely know mine, but you know, a lot of people ask these influencers of, you know, why they do things versus other things. And obviously they have their opinions of why they do certain things. And, and the biggest thing is someone asked the question of, you know, why don't you warm up before you shoot, especially every time that they practice? And they said, you know, because you don't get any practice reps before you go out in the stand or, you know, when you're on the mountain, um, you know, and that kind of, they kind of rubbed me wrong, but you could, I could see both sides of the view, right? Um, you know, for me and you, we see the injury prevention aspect of it. If you're going to go out in the range and shoot cold all the time. But I also see the other side of, you know, when you get that one chance to make a shot, you, are you going to be able to, you know, stretch, you know, 15, 20 minutes prior to that shot? Probably, probably not. Um, but you know, give me your take on that of, you know, why you would do one versus the other and maybe since you're up on the mountain out in the west more you know what what do you do day to day when you're out in your hunts to you know whether you practice cold because you're going to be cold in the mountain or are you warming up each day um and throughout the day if that shot opportunity comes available yeah no it's um dimitri you bring up a great point and actually while i was at that mountain ops seminar somebody i don't know who it was and maybe someone listening to this will say that was me maybe they won't you know fess up to it but they said well great you know the deer's not going to see these movements as i'm having them do like these big overhead movements and stuff like that and so i totally get it as a western hunter like um i am all for warming up even when you're up hunting there's things that you can do and there's really minimal equipment and very light equipment that you can take up with you to warm up let's say you want to get up there on the mountain and then you want to do or you're in the tree stand you know there's little things that you can do stretches but i'm under the impression this is kind of what my how i feel is that if you can get into the habit for you know, while you're shooting, especially right now, it's, what is it? It's July 5th or something like that. Yeah. It's July 5th. So you're shooting every single day. You should be out there warming up, getting ready for those hunts. The hunts start here in August. And so you should warm up a few, five, 10 minutes before go shoot and everything like that. And then hopefully, and Dimitri, you maybe correct me and Jeremy, correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm hoping for is that there's some carryover during hunting season that you maybe don't need to stretch as much or you don't need to warm up or you don't need to do all your exercise bands. But if you get like a lot of my warm up is more of a dynamic warm up versus a static stretch. Like I like people using exercise bands mainly for that neuromotor um, facilitation, right? Basically providing input to the neuro, to the nervous system and to the muscular system and keeping that rotator cuff strong. Right just to prevent some injuries. And so I'm hoping for some carryover as people are hunting. I know people aren't going to do it. I don't do it all the time. I, you know, wake up, want to, you know, eat my oatmeal and then start hiking up the hill and get ready and get into position. I don't do it every time, but I think as I'm warming up down here and kind of that's basically what I do all season long, preparing for that is kind of, I'm hoping for that carryover. Well, I also think, Western hunting might be a little bit different than 
whitetail hunting because you know with someone that's out west you kind of got to um, get to that animal. You're normally not close to him. So you're still hiking, you're still activating your muscles. So getting to your location is almost kind of like your warm up. where someone in the whitetail woods is, we're kind of sitting in the tree stand. If it's during the rut, you know, we're probably below 20 degrees most years. Um, so you're kind of cold. You've been sitting there all day, then you're going to grab your bow and draw it. Right. So it's a, it's a little bit different aspect of the game. Um, so you're going to be, a lot less blood flow to those muscles. You've probably been sitting there in your tree stand, rounded shoulders, hunched over posture. You're tired, you're fatigued. So a little bit different aspect than out West. So similar to what you were saying, Preston is you don't always have to have your bands. There's other ways to kind of get that neuromodular effect into the muscle. You know, you could be standing there if, if you go to your physical therapist and, and, and kind of engage those muscles, maybe you're just in the stand doing some isometric, isometrics against the tree right you know just trying to get some blood flow some some stimulate those muscles a little bit um throughout the day where you're not actually um causing movement in the stand where a deer could possibly see you but you're still stimulating those muscles kind of preparing if that shot would come available at any time that you're going to be ready and, and prevent injury yeah absolutely and i i couldn't agree more there's ways of doing it whether you're a tree stand hunter, white tails, whatever it is in a blind, whether you're, you know, chasing muleys and elk and stuff like that, there's ways of just activating those muscles and being more, I think, um, a big thing as well is like, go, there's some easy stretches, like lumbar stretches that you can do just in your tent before you get up in the morning, just to kind of loosen up your back a little bit and your legs. And, um, yeah, so there's, there's, I think there's some things you can do still. I, for now, this is a non-physical therapist speaking, but, you know, personal training background and, and, you know, phys ed teacher, like Preston, you talked about the carryover, right? How many people you could let just to, to make it easier, you have an individual say more like the three of us that either shoots our bow every day or at least every other day, right? We, we throw some downrange at, let's just say that every other day, just to make it easier. Right. Okay. So we're doing that. And we're we're doing our our warm up pre so that like you said is going to carry over and is going to be minimal you know for us in the whitetail woods or for you you know up on the mountain okay but then you have those individuals that could say like the whole okay well you don't get that warm up uh, blah 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 so I'm just going in cold and I shoot cold I'm I could be wrong but I think a, a higher percentage of those individuals are the ones that probably do not shoot their bow as often as, as the average individual, I think those are the individuals that he probably would say, Hey, yeah, I still haven't even picked it up yet, which is totally fine. It's nothing wrong with that. It's just the, you know, that's not going to carry over and you know, you could get hurt <laughs> potentially down the, down, down the line. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, absolutely. And that's ultimately we're just, well, yeah, I'm just trying to keep people hunting for their whole right. life, everything they want to do. That's my mission, you know, keep people hunting and so, or keep people in the outdoors. And so it's like, if you can do even just the little things here and then even maybe the little things there, but I totally get, I mean, I, I think that's great practice to take one arrow and just go and shoot cold because you're going to be cold. But if you can do everything you can, your possible, you know, in your powers to prevent an injury down the road, then I would do it. And then on the mountain, 
I mean, I know for me last year, actually, it was kind of eye-opening. And this is where I go through, like, with someone now, you know, working with the USA team and everything like that. I'm kind of working on, um, like, specific archery, like, coaching that way. It's like when I – so I was deer hunting last year, and I went and pulled my bow back way low, like, way wrong. And I actually felt my shoulder, like, sublux. It was the first time that that happened. And I hadn't been shooting very much all summer and everything like that. And ended up my trigger going off, shot right underneath this deer. It ran off and I was, you know, heartbroken that there goes my shot. And so like if if you can get into that sequence of in the moment, you're gonna draw back this exact waist every time. And so I see a lot of people, um, and you bring up a good point, Jeremy, that um, I see a lot of people will come to me after the season and I'll ask them like, okay, what was, what were you doing preparing to, for the season? They're like, well, I really didn't pick up my book until two weeks before the season. And I shot, you know, a hundred arrows every single time. And then they have like this huge bicep tendonitis or they've got some cuff, you know, retro cuff tendonitis or something like that. And it's those people that kind of picked up their bow right before the season shot a lot and then kind of just tried to make it through the season, but then they don't shoot throughout the season, season. as well. Yeah. So at this mountain ups event, Um, that was my one challenge for everyone was whether it's a broadhead into, you know, a target or a block or whatever, or it's a field tip, you unscrew your broadheads. Like if you're not, if you go for a backpacking trip or let's say even in the tree stand and you've gone to the tree stand and you haven't taken a shot then you come back to the truck and you shoot, you shoot an arrow, you know, or you, if you're hiking, like we'll go do a four day trip we'll take a target with us. And so if we go, if we've gone four days without pulling our bow back and shooting anything, I'm coming back and I'm shooting some arrows just to kind of get into that, you know, that rhythm, that motor control. Yeah. We did that when we were in Utah, we shot. Definitely. Yeah. We had it at camp and pulled that target out at least once a day. And we were firing a couple arrows just to make sure. I mean, especially when you're up in the mountain, you're up in that train, you're carrying your bow, maybe you made a stock, so you're you're kind of uh, have the bow on the ground. You just never know, too. I mean, especially with your equipment, you just got to, one, double-check your own uh, body and wellness, and two, your equipment as well. You're going to be on uh, just because we, we talk about all the time, the end result is to make the most cool shot. So whether that's taking care of yourself or your equipment, it goes both ways. So I wanted, and, and this is kind of why I reached out. I've had this thought for a while is like my, so my model mountain physio model is a little bit different where it's a cash based practice. And I kind of wanted to talk about this with other healthcare professionals, because I'll tell you, I get so many people that um, come to me and basically either they'll come to me and they'll be like, you know, how much is it? And everything. I'll be like, okay, so I charge a flat fee. It's this much money. And the reason why I do that um, is kind of going through the market and stuff like that. I think it's a very fair value, but people will come to me and they're like, gosh, like that's just way too much money. And so I kind of wanted to talk about people understanding their benefits, like as odd as that is like an insurance base, like, like people will come to me all the time and I'm like, they're like, do you accept insurance? And I'm like, well, in a roundabout way, yes, I do. I act as an out of network provider, but what are your benefits? And then they're like, well, I don't really know. And so I think, I don't know if it's a fun conversation, but I think it's a very good conversation to have when you're thinking about these things that a, a cash based practice can be very um, 
valuable and very um, affordable, but at the same time, like understanding benefits. So I don't know how you guys, what you guys do there, Dimitri. Uh, so we're insurance based. So um, we don't do that. Okay. So we're kind of uh, Penn State Health. So we deal with all insurances. So we can kind of dive back and forth of the, you know, different aspects of both if you want to. Yeah. And that's, so at my affiliation at the university of Utah as well, um, I'm in a clinical affiliation in the residency and everything like that. So obviously insurance based. And I just see, I just see both sides where people like, I know in a very similar system to you, I'd imagine that a lot of times those bills can be quite expensive and people are like, I just don't know if people quite understand that, that um, a cash-based practice can be quite affordable. So I thought that would be a different conversation to have. Yeah, let's do it. Well, and, and I think too, is, is like you said, Preston, a lot of people don't know what their benefits are, especially if it's something that you haven't been to before, like physical therapy. You know, it's not like on your uh, insurance card, it says physical therapy on it most times, you know, we're, we're basically specialty. So, you know, that's not very clear to most people. So they don't really know if you have insurance, what your copay is going to be. So basically your copay is what you pay when you go to the doctors that day for that visit. Um, and then usually the insurance company is going to cover the rest of that visit. Um, basically depends on what your insurance is and what the provider is billing you. Yeah. Yeah. So most plans, I like most plans, if you have a decent insurance, we'll cover, well, yeah, we'll cover about 80%, right? So you're, you're left for about 20% of the bill. Um, so you have a copay plus that 20%. And so in some instances, that could be a hefty amount, um, depending on how much you were billed per each session and everything. Um, other ins- and so most out of network, plans that I've looked at are a 40, like a 60, 40 Mm -hmm. type plan where, um, let me see if I get this right, but insurance will cover 60% you're responsible for 40%. Um, and sometimes, I mean, obviously every single plan is a little bit different, but when going to any, and I suggest this for anything, whether you're going to a physical therapist that accepts your insurance or whether you're going to a cash paid physical therapist like myself, it's, you know, understand what your benefits are as you're going in so that people don't get that surprise bill. Like my wife and I, we have some insurance right now. And I think insurance is a great thing to have. People should have it cover those, you know, really expensive surgeries. It's basically it's, it's there for when you need it, you know? Um, and, but in the, I guess, grand scheme of things, um, my wife, she went to physical therapy for a few times and we got a bill of like six, like, I think she went three times and we got a bill of like $650, $700 and we have pretty decent insurance. And I was like, whoa, that was really expensive for that. And then we started talking about that and I'm like, gosh, you know how, like, you could have just came to me, like it could have been 120, 125, 150, whatever it is for, you know, three visits and we could have saved a lot of money. And so I think that's a really interesting conversation, but I think everyone should really have, especially as healthcare providers, you know, that should be a conversation that people understand going into, into physical therapy. Yeah. 
What's well, right, and I I love what you put on your Instagram. I think it was last week, Preston, where you talked about I'd love to educate myself out of a job, and 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 that I feel the exact same way with with my patients. Is you know I don't want you here for a long time, right? You know I want to get you the basics of what it's going to be, and and get you on the right path of how to fix yourself, right? And then how to maintain yourself afterwards. Um, you know, it's not this thing where we need to be in here a month and two months, right? Uh, I tell my patients all the time from the beginning is, is we discussed this on the pa- podcast with um, Dan from Elk Shape, is, is my job is from day one to tell you that you're going to have to do this on your own. You know, I'm going to educate you and guide you through this process, but you have to be the one that's willing to put in the work if you want to get in better and improve in your rehab. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's where, like, as a, can, I consider myself a manual therapist. As a manual therapist, like, I'll do a couple, I'll do some manual therapy, like, in the session and stuff like that. And I have no problem with saying, you know, dry needling helps you know, some massage helps, some, you know, trigger point release, some myofascial release, you, you name it, manipulations. Um, you guys can do manipulations there, Dimitri? Yes. You do grade fives and everything. So um, a type of mobilization for the joint and everything like that. So we'll do that. And so I have no, like, there are certain times that that stuff is important, but hands down, I agree a hundred percent that our, my goal is to get people to learn some of those tools or things like that, or learn some of those skills so that they can continue to do it or that they can be, um, that they can be proactive against with their own exercises and getting better that way on a more active approach versus a passive approach. And I just had that, um, two interesting experiences if, um, one with a young competitive archer and everything like that. And he was competing and everything, um, that weekend had a little bit of archer's elbow going on. And so it just showed him and his family, some different like taping techniques and different uh, myofascial release and like, you know, instrument assisted massage. And I was like, you know, you can do some of these or mobilization with movements. And so they did them before and he did great. You know, he responded really well to it. And so, but then I was like, but here is the, but like, you've got to be doing some of these exercises on a regular basis to get stronger, to build up those. You got to be doing eccentrics. You got to be doing, you know, heavy, um, heavy, slow resistance training. You got to be doing all sorts of things like that on an active approach to be better. And then another interesting patient I had as well. um, We had the same conversation about taking a more active approach for her health. And I think sometimes that is, yeah, sometimes that's not construed, I guess, yeah. or talked about. Yeah. Now, Preston, with your practice, are you seeing most of your patients in the clinic or are you doing home visits as well? How do you work with that? Yeah, so mountain physio is mostly, I can't, I call it like a concierge-based physical therapy. So I'll travel to people's homes, do orthopedic, outpatient orthopedics, um, or they come to my home office as well. And so... Um, that's mostly what I'm doing or, you know, I'll do some virtual visits and stuff like that, but. It is time for this week's Vortex Nation highlight. Hi everybody, Billy here from Pertinier Outdoors for this week's Vortex highlight. 
This highlight is to focus on the importance of keeping your binos and your scopes clear while you're out chasing deer in the inclement weather. So it's real nice when you've got beautiful weather, but we all know here in the Northeast, you're going to be faced with rain, snow, fog, uh, sleet, grapple, all the above. And you're going to want to make sure that that scope is kept clean. So I'm a big fan of scope caps. Been using them since I was a young guy um, and a bino harness of late uh, to keep my binos clear and unfogged uh, inside that harness. Um, but you will find that if you get yourself all worked up into a lather, that uh, any body heat that could be getting produced could easily uh, get transpired through your bino harness onto your binos. So that's something to think about. Make sure you keep everything properly ventilated so that when you need them and you pull them out, you can see through them. And a lesson that I learned with scope caps, uh, probably the biggest buck I've ever had an opportunity at down in the Pennsylvania Hills. I had a, a giant buck that we were chasing around that uh, presented himself right in front of me while it was snowing and I had my scope caps down and when I pulled my rifle up never thought about it and all I saw was black and by the time I flipped him up and realized what was going on it was too late and he was intermingled with the does and into my dreams he went so now I use a neoprene cover for my scope um, and I very quickly can just pull that off and a lot of times I won't even put it on I just try to carry my gun level to my side uh, if I'm in any situation where it's not uh, over my shoulder or in my gun bearer, uh, I typically carry it at a level uh, level to my side so that no snow or rain is getting into it because I don't want to get burned like that again. So there's your Vortex highlight for the week. Thanks for listening. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I'm all for like trying to educate people on what they can do and but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, this can help you. Um, I had a very interesting experience the other day, and this is kind of what brought this up is someone just not really understanding what I do or kind of my model and things like that. And it's like, you know, a cash pay physical therapy practice can be very affordable for anybody. Um, and I was going to ask you this, Dimitri, but I'll ask you in a second, but a cash pay practice can be very affordable for a patient if they're being seen once every you know, once a week, even once every other week. And that's typically like what my model is, is I'm working with very active individuals, you know, hunters, archers who pretty much just are active all the time. And so I'm like, when I work with them, I'm like, you probably don't need to be seeing a physical therapist every week. You're probably going to be seeing a physical therapist every three weeks, but you know, let's check in in, you know, three, four weeks and make sure that you're doing the right things. And that's where, like then talking about like a really good educational program and educating people on like, this is why you need to do this. This is how you need to do it. And then for me in my practice, I always make sure that I'm there for, I'm like, give them my phone number and email. And I'm like, you know, text me anytime. Like, let's make sure that you're doing these exercises, right? Because you, you all know that like compliance is hard. I mean, I'm in the same boat. If people tell me to do something, I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe I do it. And it's, it's tough. <laughs> But that's what's important. And that's what I think gets people better is taking responsibility for their health and saying, okay, I'm going to do this. And then in the long run, we know that people who do more, take more of a accountability, I guess, for their health, they tend to do better and tend to end up less in the healthcare system than others. Yeah, absolutely. I 
so for me, I remember this is again, kind of going just from my experience when I was doing personal training and I was doing it kind of on my own, on the books type of ordeal, I was having individuals, I've developed this program with them, but then I would say, okay, this is, I don't know, maybe an eight week program, right? At least one day a week, I would be doing a workout with them if they were in the vicinity, right? So if they were using the local gym or whatever, I would meet them there and I would put them through a workout and I would can check their logs weekly uh, to keep them going and, and so forth. Just because, you know, you could write a program for someone and say, you get the money, like, yeah, that's good for you, but then it's up to them to do it, right? So my thing was if I'm working with these clients, when I had them, I would do, hey, if you wanna schedule more, like basically I would say, hey, I, if it's an eight week, you get eight sessions. You know, yeah. sometimes depending on an individual, I would just, you know, if I met someone there again, like, Hey, I, I, you know, it's my leg day or it's the lower body or full body, whatever we were working on. If they, we needed to do something another day, sure. Maybe I'd get a workout in anyway. And I was there. So, um, I found that for me to be really helpful, uh, just because it was seeing a lot of clients have success, success because it was, a I was seeing them at least one, one day a week, like they were checking in. Uh, and you know, Hey, Jeremy, I can't make it this week. Uh, but here's my numbers. Here's what I have. And sometimes too, I would adjust for them on the fly because, you know, Preston would come to me and say, Hey, Jeremy, I have a, I have a wedding this weekend. I, I'm going to have fun. And it's like, okay, we're going to adjust it. I'm going to hammer you with some type of hit cardio workouts to, to end on your, you know, strength training. We're going to go maybe a little bit heavier, put some forth a little effort and then do some circuit training with it at, at the end, just to kind of really, you know, earn that those extra whatever at the wedding. Um, so things would be adjusted on the fly as well. Uh, but that was my experience doing that on my own. And I, I found a lot of success with it for, for the clientele that I had. And you know, in the area, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't being overpopulated, but I think even now it's, uh, I think that could be a good model just seeing like if I would work with say student athletes or, other individuals that would want to be getting into hunting or a type of hunting program. I mean, I think for us, like I was out on, uh, what day did I go out the other day, two days ago or whatever the Friday. Th Friday, I was out Friday, just scouting around a little bit and it was hot and it was muggy and, uh, I, I loved every second of it. Like that's when I, I enjoy that. And, uh, you know, just to get an elder, you know, older individual out there to feel good and feel comfortable to, to say, Hey, it's a hot day. And, you know, I know how to hydrate and be physically active and go do that and not have to worry. Like I wouldn't mind helping people out with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's fun. And I, I think there's definitely the, the, the need for it really. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like, like Preston said is, is compliance is, is the biggest issue issue with, with most people treating, uh, the problem, uh, rehabbing, and, and I think where education comes into play is, is a lot of patients don't realize that, you know, once they get better, that they just kind of quit doing what they normally do, right? Or don't carry those exercises on uh, throughout the year. And, and I think a lot of people, you know, your, your frequency of doing the exercises might be a little bit higher until that issue is resolved. But, you know, you still need to go into that maintenance phase and maybe you're not doing the exercises every day or, but you do them every so often, maybe once or twice a week or, you know, three times a week, depending on what your program is, uh, just to make sure those don't take place again. Right. And I think a lot of people forget that. And 
once you know whether it's an elbow or shoulder injury they it resolves and then they go right back to doing nothing right and then i think that is the biggest issue a lot of people have yeah no yeah yeah i think that's why those regular check-ins like you were talking about are are super important of you know checking in and um that's one reason why i give my cell phone number to my patients and i give my you know email and i'm like hey i want to hear about anything one of my patients gets kicked by a horse. She texts me. I'm like, okay, what, what do I need to be doing? You know, I'm like, okay, let's take that easy. Let's like, let's assess some things. And so that's why I do that is because you've got to have that regular check-in and modify those plans. And that's why I really, you know, love what I do. I love, I love helping people get better and I love helping them do it in a way that fits their schedule and everything like that. And that's why I think um, understanding different types of models, like, I'm not saying my practice and my model is for everyone. Um, everyone responds differently to something, you know, and I don't want to push what I do on other people. I just want to say, Hey, I'm here as a service though to provide something for you. If this works for you. Yeah. And I think whether it's in, whether you're like, no, I want to do my insurance, that's fine. But I think understanding education is so important of understanding the differences of insurance versus cash saving some money, you know, what, whatever it is, seeing someone two or three times a week versus seeing someone every other week, you know, and there's just, there's multiple ways of doing it. And I think that education is super important. I get a, I get a calls all the time of just like, what's your model like, what do you do? And then I'll just answer people's questions and provide them with the education. And that's, um, Demetri is going to talk to you about this about is like one of the reasons why I, um, so one main reason why I started my practices too, is just, I was kind of tired of seeing some, um, misinformation given in, I guess I'd say the hunting industry and field and stuff like that. And I'm like, I think there needs to be, so I guess it's a way for me to also advocate for the profession of physical therapy. I think physical therapy is a great profession and it's a great field and exercise and, you know, getting people moving, we see a lot of people leading, you know, a lot of studies, a lot of good research studies um, leaning towards be move, be more active, do, you know, more physical therapy or just, you know, being in charge of your own health versus doing surgery even and having very similar results. And so it was a form of also, you know, education. You'll see that on my Instagram platform too. Like I'll put on, you know, educational bits of you know why you should choose a physical therapist why you should go to a physical therapist and anyways yeah absolutely and you know i i think too is uh a lot of issues you know everyone wants imaging right you know you probably see that a lot too you know i should i get an x-ray should i get an mri you know before they even maybe see a physical therapist right you know we can do a lot of special tests and diagnostics that you know can kind of get an idea of what's going on without those expensive pictures right i don't think people really realize uh how much an x-ray and how much an mri really costs versus going to a physical therapist right so you can like preston said go to a physical therapist for a couple visits you know even whether you're doing 
depending on your situation, right? Cash-based or insurance, depending on your situation and what your insurance covers, is get a couple of visits and see if that kind of resolves your issue as well uh, before you take these higher avenues too, right? And we didn't even talk about deductibles if, you know, not to get bore everybody that's listening <laughs> to this podcast about talking about insurances. But, you know, if you have a deductible and you get that MRI, you're going to be basically paying for most of that MRI out of pocket. So, you know, similar to what Preston said, is just kind of educate yourself on, on what there is available to you out there and just don't think that um, there's just one avenue that you have to go to when you're trying to figure out um, potential rehab for, for your injuries. Yeah, and if you bring up a good point about imaging, which I'd like to talk about or just, just you know, touch on just a little bit as well because I don't know, maybe you can correct me, but from my experience – on the low end, you're probably $600 um, out of pocket if you're paying for that. On the upper end, most I think are right around a thousand, one to two grand, you know, or $1,500. So with those high deductible plans, yeah, you're absolutely right. People are paying for all, you know, $1,500 there. And I guess you got to ask yourself, for what you know you get a you get a cool picture of your knee or get a cool picture of this but just like you were saying there's a lot of diagnostic tests and and that clinical picture at least that clinical picture is probably more important than that medical image in a lot of senses because that tells us how you're doing you know in real life clinically how you're squatting how you're jumping how you're walking and everything else that medical image can be good to say, yeah, you know, you've got, you know, two millimeters cartilage here and you've got four millimeters here, but is that really the source of pain? And right. I, I would argue that most of the time we're seeing that there's a lot of inaccuracies with imaging. And I, and I like to tell people this, like with MRIs and everything, like MRIs are great. I have no issue ordering an MRI. We can do that in our state, depending on the practice that you have and your license, then you can do that. So we can order images in our state. Um, x-rays and MRIs, but I'm like, at the, at what cost, you know, it's, it's a lot of money. And what does it tell us? MRIs are really sensitive of giving a lot of information, but they're just not very good at saying, this is, you know, this is why you hurt. That's what the clinical exam is. That's what, that's why you go to a physical therapist. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, I think what you got to do, Preston, is we got to get you with someone to create like a little couple videos and have you honestly like run through those and have like this is you know what here's what i'm offering and uh here's the difference between this and not necessarily like you're not giving away information but uh kind of using that educational platform like you said and and get on like maybe three to four different videos of like those main topics that you get asked a lot and man yeah. i i think that would that would do you good like real good yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I I'm all I'm all for that. And my goal is to do yeah. more YouTube videos and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. Um it's been busy seeing Oh like. yeah. Oh dude, I trust me. <laughs> we we know. Well, I think the biggest issue is too, is, is when I was growing up, I, I mean, I've been crazy into hunting since I could even remember way before I was even allowed to hunt. And, you know, as I got older and I was more into sports, so I really enjoyed working out. And then, you know, at a certain point before I even thought about being, becoming a physical therapist, I always wanted to 
better myself in archery, right? And or hunting in general. And and you would research and and look up articles or workouts for for hunting Pacific, right? And it was the same thing over and over. You know, different people. You know, your rows, your your chest, your lats, right? It was all the general exercises, right? They never talked about stability in your rotator cuff or anything specific, right? So then when I got the PT school, the whole time I was in uh, physical therapy school, we'd be going over orthopedics or, you know, um, maybe spine. And, and every time they would talk about something, all I remember saying is, man, that'd be really good for hunting. That'd be really good for hunting. <laughs> and that, now I'd always tailor everything I was learning to the hunting at that point, uh, basically for myself. But then, you know, after a while, then kind of, as I became a physical therapist myself and grew uh, in my clinical practice, you know, I just really loved being able to educate people because there's so much, like you said, misinformation out there about the hunting community and, and things that you can do to prepare. And then there's not a lot even now today of, of videos or resources you can really find for hunting specific of, of things, right? And, and I know I kind of, I'm always driving on about stability and, you know, that's what hunting's all about, whether you're shooting, you know, whether you're climbing a mountain, whether you're backpacking that elk out of the, the mountain as well, you know, stability of those smaller muscles that you normally don't use bench pressing, squatting, doing all those, um, high impact movements. And a lot of people forget about that. And so, I mean, I love it when someone comes in the clinic and, and they talk about hunting or, or drawing their bow and I'm like, man, I got this, you know, yeah. and I show them these exercises, which they're a pretty strong individual and they can barely do them. Right. They fatigue quickly and they're like, wow, I didn't even think that would be difficult. You know, I just not, he wasn't a hunter, but he was a, a bodybuilder. I mean, I'm talking a big, strong guy and he was having shoulder issues and I was showing them all these stability, smaller muscles, uh, around the shoulder girdle and he, he could barely do them. I mean, I'm talking five, 10 pound dumbbells and he was really struggling when he's normally throwing, you know, 50 plus dumbbells, probably hundred plus dumbbells all the time. So, you know, I think a lot of people are looking for more education where I think if you get to the right physical therapist, you can really drive home of things you need to really improve yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know we got to talk more because I'm in, I'm in the process of making some, some cool stuff, like have some cool <laughs> coming, down the, coming down the pipe that I'm hoping to, that would be good for just everyone, just for education, like you were saying, um, and opportunities for people to really kind of get the resources that they need and stuff like that. And so I've got some cool things in the making. So we gotta, we gotta talk more. That's awesome. Yeah. So you have the, uh, you have the Buffalo hunt coming when, when, yep. when's that happening? Yeah. So super stoked about that. That is, gosh, it's like less than, it's like, 20, oh, shoot. oh my gosh, sorry. It's like 25 days away. That's crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's so hot too. It's so, it's going to be, it's going to be hard in that sense that it's just so hot. I'm so excited though. I can't, can't believe that. I was shooting some broadheads today and they were flying at 70 yards where my field tips were. So I was pretty stoked yeah, about pumped. that. But it's been tough. Buffalo hunting is gosh, they're harder animals to hunt than you think they are. And they're just, they're big, but they're also hard to find. Like they're, yeah, they're tough. That's awesome. What, uh, what arrow setup are you running for it? 
I'm, I'm going to shoot the, um, I'm shooting the five millimeter FMJ, Easton FMJ with, let me think about this 125 grain broadhead, a 25 grain collar that puts me at what 150 and then a 50 grain insert. Okay. So 200 up front and then shooting at yeah, the bully veins and everything like that. And so I'll be, I think my total arrow weight is four, no, excuse me, 545 grains. Okay. Solid. Um, solid arrow shooting the iron wheel broadhead system up front and that arrow that broadhead's flying super awesome and yeah so it, it'll be fun I'm, I'm so excited for hunting that's like and that's kind of what i when i talk to you guys i'm like i want to talk about two things i want to talk about insurance which is super boring and then i want to talk about hunting because that's what i do like i love yeah. hunting and i love like that's what i geared my practice around was basically hunters and things like that. And so, well, no, man, it's, it's, it is, it's all important stuff. And I'm sure, you know, even if it's one person and listening, it's just gonna be like, Oh, you know, I, maybe that one little pain that is bothering me every time I draw back, I should go. That's an individual I need to go see. You know what I mean? Instead of going, yeah. You know, and like find a good physical therapist and say, Hey, this is the issues I'm having and, and go from there. And it's important. All right. So you have, you had the Buffalo. What else is going on in Utah right now? What yeah, else? so right now, I think there's a spring bear or there's a summer bear hunt, but um, yeah, really right now it's kind of gearing up for August. So I think so Utah. Is, <laughs> you what? I'm so jealous. Like I, last year at this time, we were like, oh man, like we're a month away. Right. Like we're getting ready to go. And like now this year, we're like, uh, we're, go we're going to to Delaware for early September hunt for whitetail, which is, which is we're stoked about, at least we're hunting a, like a whole month earlier than what we normally do for whitetail. So that's, that's even cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what, that's only gosh, six weeks away for you yeah, guys. Yeah. So that's, that's exciting, but it's, it's not Utah. It's not <laughs> Western. You know. And that's, and that's, what's crazy is Utah is, I think the, probably the early, one of the earliest hunts. Um, and you can start, you know, hunting, elk and deer in august their elk hunting season's kind of you guys hunted elk last year we did mule deer mule deer. so their elk hunting season is utah has big bulls like utah has really big bulls and stuff like that i think they manage their elk herd for big bulls um talking to um ryan carter i don't know if you guys follow him and everything like that um elk you know nut and everything like that and utah really manages their, manages their herd for big bulls and stuff like that and so um but you can't hunt really very long like colorado you can hunt all of september with the art you know with right. your bow utah doesn't do it that much anymore which i think that's is weird but anyways so we've got archery starting in august um what's really cool with a lot of these disabled hunters that i take out um hunting and stuff like that they can start hunting here in about 25 days and nice. so the one guy that i'm taking this year i've got another one scheduled to take next year um or maybe even maybe even later this year on a whitetail hunt and stuff like that. But um, they can start at the beginning of August as well. So yeah, the hunts are definitely like the hunts are literally weeks away, which is days away. You know, it's just kind of yeah. crazy to think about. But I've got a deer hunt, high country mule deer hunt, and then a elk hunt as well, same spot. And so I'll go hunt by I'll go hunt bison for probably two weeks. Then I'll take a break for about two weeks, hunt deer and hunt elk, and then go full, you know, full swing in September for bison. Nice. What, uh, have you had a chance to even go out and scout with your schedule? 
Yeah. Yeah. I have, which is, yeah, the summer has been crazy. We've, yeah. And that's what, yeah, it's been crazy between seeing patients every single day, every week. And then, um, on, you know, weekends and stuff like that, or long weekends, taking off some time and going to, um, scout. We saw two nice bulls, two yeah, definitely shooter Buffalo, um, that I would shoot in a certain area on, on the book cliffs is what it's called here in Utah, kind of down where you guys were, I think. Okay. And then, um, on the Henry's we've seen a few as well. And so I got a couple people keeping their eyes out and looking yeah. here and there for me, which is awesome. And that's, that's, what's been really fun about this tag, which has been like so different than like, yeah, you ask most mule deer hunters, you know, where they hunt, but they won't tell you. Yeah. Um, maybe that's like that with whitetail as well. Yeah, they won't give okay. <laughs> away their spots, but for my Buffalo hunt, they're like, Oh yeah, I'll tell you right where to go. Randy Newberg. He's like, I'll tell you right where to go. And most of them, I mean, so that's been really fun as people like, they want me to be successful with this hunt. How many tags, uh, are given for the Buffalo? I don't know that. Um, I should know that, but I'd say for, well, I think for archery specific, so one unit archery specific, I think there were two, um, and it's been moved now to like January. It's like a really late hunt. It's going to be kind of a hard hunt actually. And then, so I think overall, maybe like 20 to 30, something like that. I'm just kind of guessing on numbers though. For my, the tag that I have though, this is what like only one's given away. So I got that tag. So yeah, that's pretty uh, awesome. It's, it's called the sportsman's tag. You can hunt anywhere in the state of Utah, any weapon starting from August. So in August, if I wanted to go and kill a Buffalo with my rifle, I could do it. But, um, yeah, so pretty, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty awesome. Now are you hunt mostly public ground for your mule deer and elk hunts. Yeah. Public ground, um, it's fun. It's, I think we're elevation. We're probably pushing 9,000, you know, 9,000 foot elevation. And so super fun. I went scouting this weekend actually got up close to it just to kind of see the water situation and everything. Uh, and that was going to be my next question. What's the summer been like and kind of leading into what, what, how that's going to affect the deer for this fall. Yeah. The drought's been, it's been tough. Like we have, there's one place where water is shooting out of a spring, you know, 20 feet. And now it's shooting only out about five feet. Like it's, it's pretty bad. There's water around and it's weird because you go to the high country and it's green and lush and everything like that. But you know, seeps and springs and wallows, they're just dry. Um, which is, you can, you know, it's hard to see. I think it's going to take its toll on the animals. Um, also talking to Ryan Carter, Ryan, um, at that elk summit thing is he was saying that he sees some of, which I thought was really interesting. He's like, he sees some of the biggest bulls in drought years mm. and, I thought that was interesting because I think sometimes he'll post or other people will post like it's a drought year. It's going to, you know, I'm not going to put in for points. I'm not going to put in for a tag. And depending on when I guess your hunt is, if you have an archery tag, it can lead to some of the biggest bulls or the wow. biggest mule deer killed because it concentrates them to an area with most minerals. Like they're going to go to where the water is, you know, where the you know vegetation is that has the most minerals. And so they'll actually grow really, you know, large antlers that way. And so I thought that was interesting. So I guess we'll, we'll kind of see, I've seen some deer right now, some big mule deer already, like big nice. mule deer. So I'm like, I think, I just don't know. Last year was a drought year. And I know, I think 
almost 10 bucks that were killed that were all about over 200 inches, right around 200 Jeez. inches. So I'm like, I don't know if I know if I believe that drought years really produce smaller <laughs> animals. He did mention something which I thought was cool is. Well, that's like it, now that you, the velvet's starting to come on and they're really starting to full, fill out on those antlers. I mean, getting some pictures now, you really get excited. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He mentioned something that he's like later in the year in August or excuse me, in October, they'll be broken up a lot more just because they don't have the health, yeah. but there's some big, there's some big, there's some big deer growing for sure. That's, that's so, that is, it's funny. I'm so excited for my Buffalo hunt. Like it's a dream hunt, literally once in a lifetime, something I've wanted to do for a long time to shoot a Buffalo with a bow. Um, but I'm, and maybe when I'm there in the moment, I'll think it's even cooler, but right now it's just kind of a dream, but I know how fun the, the archery mule deer hunting is. And that is something I look forward to. Like, I love eating elk, but I love chasing mule deer. I could sit there and just watch a big mule deer and be like, that's the coolest thing. I could watch it for hours. It's yeah. weird. I bet you those, uh, Buffalo steaks will taste good though. Oh Yeah. Buffalo steaks will taste good. I'll have to, I'll have to freeze or send some to you yeah. or something like that. Cause I should have, I should have enough, but yeah, they'll taste good. But mule deer hunting is fun. It's my favorite. We had a blast. And I, the more you're able to reflect on it for a first time or and past a year, I'm really going to miss it. Like not yeah. doing that. And I could see why people will get a bug to chase a certain animal. Like, you know, we, I won't forget. And, and this, this is how, what's funny about it is I remember saying to you and I, maybe I did, or maybe I didn't, but I thought I said it to you is, our our friend Tim, who we went out with, he, you know, he's killed a couple elk. He's killed one mule deer, I think. Couple, couple, yeah. He, okay, so uh, he's probably gonna curse me on that one. Just <laughs> come on, man. Uh, but and I remember going, and he said, "I like chasing mule deer more than elk." And I'm like, "What?" You know, and I've, and, you know, I've never hunted either yet at this point. And you know, you just see what's on YouTube or whatever, and influencers, and you know, just the hunting industry, like elk, because they're just so majestic and massive. But man, like, even though we were chasing little, uh, you know, three by threes or whatever, <laughs> it was so much fun. And just waking up in the mountains like that, and like, even though we, you know, we had a truck camp and all that stuff, it just was something. And the camaraderie of the three of us going and just. Man, that was the one time, like, yes, when he and I go out in the Whitetail Woods, we're we're in the moment. We forget about things, but it, you know, hour if we're going in after work, an hour and a half, two hours later, we're we're right back to reality. You know, this was wow. for uh, what six days mm -hmm. for twenty four seven. That was the only thing on our mind and the only thing we had to worry about. And man, I I love it. Like, I got to figure out a way to that every year we like we have a chance to do something like that and and that's what part of the delaware trip is like even though it's it's a shorter trip and it's you know only in delaware and the time frame amount of days is, is shorter i'm just ecstatic just to be able to get away go hunt and and do that uh, I, I think it's important and i think it's it's uh an experience to to last and have fun doing it yeah, no, I think you're right. And I, I think from a health standpoint, I'll kind of go back to that is I was talking to a patient of like asking, you know, what, what do you do for yourself? Because I think, um, not to be in a selfish standpoint, um, like I got my wife, kids, you know, things like that. We got to take care of your family and stuff like that. But I encourage my wife, the same thing. Like, what do you do for yourself? Like taking some time for yourself. So those, those, those trips and stuff like that, I think are, are awesome. Just to be like, I'm going to take a couple of days off 
and I just got to have some time to kind of refresh the system and everything like that. And so, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That, that's that's going to be a fun trip. I'm excited for you guys that, that, yeah, I, I just, the, the, that those early season hunts are so fun. And then it kind of hits you like a ton of bricks, I think. And then you're like, dang, this is a lot harder than I remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So all the hunts coming up and we talked just quickly, but I want you to dive into it before we go off, uh, about total archer challenge. So these next couple of weeks, it's going to be ramping up. These are the days that I get jealous because, uh, I always tell the wife one year, we're going to go out there and spend a a little couple weekend one day i'm going to send her to a spawn that day i'm going to go up on the mountain and, and shoot some tack at somewhere uh but you know what do, what do you got going on for tack this year i know you're shooting and you're going to be at almost every other one so what what's that yeah i'm super excited for that i've been really looking forward to this we're going to have i'm going to shoot at colorado so i was talking actually to isaac um today nice gave, he was called me up and everything like that He's like, senior a oh, oh, senior or junior senior yeah senior nice yeah, I, they're both good guys. I oh, like they're them. awesome. We talk to them each a handful of times, um, every other month or so. But um, I was talking to a senior there, Isaac, and he's like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna introduce you to these people and stuff like that." So I'm excited for that. It'll be a fun one, and and that one's fun because we're taking my wife, my daughter. So my daughter's seven. She's gonna have her cousin who's seven, my brother, his the whole family. So we're just making it a whole family event. Heck yeah. And stuff like that. So that'll be a good, good time. I, I think I look forward to that. It's, I look forward to like sh- watching other people shoot than me shooting even sometimes. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> today sitting in my bow, my, my wife was sitting in her bow and watching her shoot 80 yards was more exciting than me. And then, um, yeah, then we're going to go. And so what's exciting is I'm going to have a booth at um, Park City for the whole time. And then also for Snowbird the whole time. And then that leads me right up to my hunt, but I decided I'm going to have a booth and everything like that. And so answer people's questions, provide, you know, treatment, do dry needling, cupping, all those sorts of things. Like I'm really excited about that. It'll be, it'll be fun. I'll have some, my cool shirts to sell. Shirts, yeah. um, they fit well. And then I've got my other mountain athlete shirts some hats. And so, yeah, it'll just be fun. I'm excited about it. It'll be I always love the total archer challenges. Like they're just fun events. Well, listen, if, if next year, if you want to trek up to PA, because Dimitri was saying that next year we want to have a booth and we want to share it with our friends up in New York with Pertineer Outdoors. They have a podcast as well. And, you know, usually when I'm, I'm sure you're going to notice when you're there, you got to kind of obviously stay there and, and be there at the tent. So in order for us to kind of enjoy it, we are like, Hey, why don't we split it? So maybe one of the days or half the days of each day, we'll, we'll kind of coordinate it. And we're like, our buddy Jim will bring his little rolling cart with his bow press on it. And cause he's, you know, he's a, a bow tech, so he could do that. Dimitri could do a physical therapist stuff. So if you want, you can come on down and be the guest physical therapist <laughs> with Dimitri and the two of you hammer everything right. out and fix people I, up. That'd be pretty cool. I really might do that. Cause that yeah. is, it's, it's fun. I'm excited for that. Awesome, man. Well, Preston, it's always, it's always great to hear from you and, and I love seeing what you're doing. It's, uh, you know, anybody, it, it, I'm telling you, if, if you haven't been following along with what Preston's doing with Mount, Mountain Physio, uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. It, it's, uh, it, it's just great stuff. It's genuine and it's meaningful. It's purposeful and, uh, it brings a lot of value. And I think that's the one thing that if anybody, 
it, listening is, is that's the number one thing. It, it brings value. It holds value. So go give them a follow. Uh, where could people follow you and, and, you know, maybe look you up and, and get a chance to, to speak with you. Yeah. Thank you for that. I really appreciate that. That was very sincere. Um, follow me on Instagram. That's where I'm probably most active is mountain MTN underscore physio spelled P H Y S I O. So mountain physio, um, I'm on Facebook as well, Mountain Physio, and then probably my website. People can find out a lot of information about, again, services I provide, areas I treat, injuries. Um, that's just Mountain Physio, um, all one word there, .com. And, yeah, there's a whole section in there that they can write me questions if they've been having, dealing with any injuries, things like that, if they have questions of what they should be doing. Um, yeah, they can respond to me and then – yeah, I'd say that's, those are probably the main ones right there. Awesome, man. Well, go buy a shirt. I have one. I, I, uh, sent him a funny selfie with me working out in it the other day and I'm sure, I'm sure you really enjoyed that one. So, I love it. I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> but, uh, awesome. Preston, thanks for coming on everybody. And thanks for listening. Check them out till next time. Antler up. And that's a wrap for another episode of the Antler Up podcast. Thank you, Preston, so much for coming on. And thank you so much for checking us out. Head on over to antlerupoutdoors.com, our Facebook page, Instagram, YouTube, all that stuff. Check it out. Subscribe, like it, appreciate it. Also, our hats that we have on sale, all proceeds, all proceeds will be going to Black Rifle Coffee Company Gives Foundation. So order them up, buy them. It's going to a great cause. So thank you so much. Till next time, antler up.